Two in, let's go. Two in is back, as we are every week. Sergio, how are you doing to this week? Yup, yup, yup. What it do? Don't ever say that. <laughs> uh, Sergio, don't ever say that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh off the Ryback podcast, so I was remembering his old... Uh, Skip Sheffield? Which I was a big fan of, so I, I had to... Wait, 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 wait. I hold on. I was, I was a big fan of it. Hold on, hold on. You're, you, uh, we did this last week. You, you're telling me you were a big fan of, <laughs> uh, of Skip Sheffield, a big fan yes. of it. Would you yes. say you're more of a? Uh, would you say you were disappointed when he went to the Ryback gimmick after Skip Sheffield? Uh, like, oh slightly. man, this again. Oh, I would like the cowboy hat. <laughs> slightly, I felt Skip Sheffield sh- uh, showed more personality. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, he, he, he's great regardless, but yes, I was uh, disappointed. Big fan. Great. These are strong words that you're choosing to use. <laughs> I, I think, I think you're referencing me, uh, saying I was a big fan of a uh, Drake Maverick. Is that what you're saying? That's one thing. Well, you always say you're a big fan of something and then it's proven that you barely like it, but. You know, so that's why I have to check and make sure. Sometimes I have to push back and make sure that you really are a big fan of it, and you're not just, you know, casually overstating it. Well, you know, you know what I'm a huge fan of. What's that? Angel Garza, and and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's that's something for a change that's actually worth someone that's worth talking about because you throw out a lot of really vanilla wrestlers and i just have to question sometimes but you know every once in a while we agree on something so uh, i wouldn't say vanilla but speaking of wrestlers i have a piece of news that I, that i uh that i want to announce right now Are you ready oh yeah let's go all right well speaking of the uh the next big thing speaking of uh of money Alex Riley recently um I guess is returning to the the independence and somebody on Instagram asked him <laughs> you're laughing asked him if he will be interested in joining AEW and he said yes here's the thing dude um so I say it as a joke because I, I I know I know you'll laugh at it but Alex Riley man to me is um that guy's money, dude. Since day one, um, yeah. If he if he shows up in AEW, which I can only hope, dude. That guy's got dollar signs written all over him. Can you smell it? Well, I smell something. I don't know if it's <laughs> money. Look, all kidding aside, you would you would look at a guy like Alex Riley, whatever his real name is. That ain't even close to it. Um. But it's actually, you, uh, it's actually uh, Kevin Kylie or Kevin Riley, something no, very it's, it's similar. It's Kylie. It's it, Kevin it, Kylie, I believe. Kevin Kylie. It rhymes with his uh, fake name, which was kind of smart. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you you look at him. He's he's a uh, what, what is he about six six feet tall? He's no, jacked. No, 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 no. no, he's he's bigger than that. Uh, he's about he's because I because I met him. Uh, he's about six two or six three. He, he's a, he's a big guy. So he's probably six one. Okay. Yeah. He's he's jacked. Um, you know, you can tell he's been on a lot of gas though, because his head is small. But he and, and he's white, so that's you know, the, the, there's 
around the time that he was breaking in, that's what everybody looked like. So he didn't really stand out. He would look like, you know, a giant in AEW if he was to go there now. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, he seemed like the kind of guy that the WWE would want to get all over and push because of those qualities that I mentioned, you know, six, six foot tall, jacked and white. But um, for whatever reason, and that reason, I think probably, I think it was because, I think he had heat with John Cena for some reason. So that'll end your career real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something about DUIs. I don't know. It seemed like they wanted to do something with him because he was like the Miz's heater. And yep. um, then all of a sudden he just completely disappeared. And then he was down in FCW, I guess, and NXT. And then, like, well, it was, it feels like it was only like a couple of years ago, but you know, time flies. So I kind of lose track of time, but it seemed like he was getting ready to make a comeback. And he just did a couple jobs and then uh, was released. So, yeah. Um, I don't really know what happened there, but, uh, I mean, since you're such a big fan of his, uh, do you, do you have any, can you like, uh, shed any light on the details of his situation? What led to his departure and, uh, you know, his subsequent comeback? <laughs> I heard some like rumors about John Cena going through his gym bag and I'm not sure the exact details, but I, uh, saw Alex Raleigh in some interviews and he was mentioning that, but didn't want to come totally clean. And I think it has something to do with him going into acting and, you know, John Cena's in acting and, you know, they're probably going to work together at some point or maybe not, but, you know, who knows? It's a small world, I guess. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, man, I just, I just always, uh, I was a big fan of it since day one. Um, he's money on the mic. You know, he's got a great physique you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, time will tell. But, yeah, as you were saying, you know, back then everyone looked like him, and, you know, rightfully so, you know. We're talking about the days of, you know, Lucky Cannon and um, who else was there? Uh, Tyler, Re Tyler Rex. Uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of guys that, that I viewed as, oh, man, these guys are all, you know, these guys are all big money, especially Tyler Rex. Um, <laughs> if, if, you, if you remember him. Do you, do you remember of course, that guy? I, of course I do. You're, you're, okay, you're okay. calling him Tyler Rex. He's also known as uh, Gabe Tuft, I think. Is his Gabe real Tuft, name. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, granted, this is 2010. This is when I was at, I was living in Tampa, and I was, I was also doing extra work for WWE. So I was backstage, you know, seeing the guys, and to me, they were just, these guys were just larger than life. You know, here, here I am, you know, pushing six foot, but these guys are bigger. They're, they're just. Uh, they were just like these studs, you know, six foot plus and, you know, uh, tan jacked and everything you want in a, in a superstar, really, you know, no. Well, you, well, you say, you say that, <laughs> you say that, right? Like, like, uh, cause we, we, we know the type and this was, you know, for, for the people that don't really know in that sort of late two thousands period, you know, the WWE was going after a couple of things. The, you know, they were signing, mm, they were signing, it seemed like just huge jacked guys, like guys that necessarily didn't have a, a dream to be a pro wrestler, but they were like an athlete in some other field. 
And so they would get guys that looked like they should be superstar wrestlers and then try to like, you know, fit the square peg in the round hole, so to speak. The other thing they were looking for, as Jim Ross so often says, was his he was mandated to sign athletic tens like women. So they would get, you know, somebody that they felt like could be, you know, the centerfold for Playboy or on the cover of Playboy or something. Somebody that, you know, and, and they would so that you got all these divas and you had the divas division, which was exactly what it sounds like. You know, nobody, you know, a lot of pillow yeah, fighting sure. and uh you know, you know, um, you know, uh, jello wrestling matches and shit like that. So, so, you know, you, that was sort of, you had all these guys, these guys that like, you know, they should have been, you look at them and you're like, well, this looks like, this looks like what I'm been told a wrestler should be. You look like a Mark Jindrak or, a, you know, the Chuck Palumbo's of the world, yes. the, yeah. the, the Shop, Nathan Shop Jones is the Matt Morgan's. The yep, yep. Luther Reigns is, you know, like, and, and even, even to a lesser extent, the Gabe Tufts and the Alex Riley's or whatever, <laughs> you know, like they just kept trying to get this He-Man doll and make him a pro wrestler. But for some reason, it never worked. Can you name one time that that has ever worked? Uh, Batista, Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton's different. He's third generation. True. And when he um, came in, he wasn't he wasn't jacked like those guys were. Like he was on the gas, but he wasn't like out of his mind on the gas. He had like a lean kind of a look to yeah. him. Well, plus he was like he was like twenty one, so you can't be that big, you know, at that sure. that young. Sure. Um. Uh, has it worked? I, I think I think it should have worked more times than it has. I think uh, they dropped the ball too many times. You know, Sean O'Hare, you know, one example. Uh, shit, that could well, have been a, a huge megastar. Yeah, but he had like a, a like a drug problem, so you can imagine he did that to himself there. Yeah, um, I actually I actually met the guy a few times back when I was training in Southern California. He was very intimidating. So is, this is this is actually funny. Um, the first time I met him. I was training in Southern California in the UPW, probably 2002. And um, I go to the soda machine to get some kind of soda. He's punching it. I, I guess he put in his dollar and, and his, his soda didn't come out. <laughs> so he's like legit, like punching the machine. And I'm like, uh, I'm right behind him. And, you know, he's he's a big dude. He's 6'5". I don't, I don't know what the fuck he is. But I'm a big fan of his, but I'm trying not to mark out. But yeah, that was that. You know, that was the end of the story. You just saw him punching yeah, a machine, yeah. and that's a horrible he was story. Punching. You shouldn't have even started it. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm like shit. Here's uh, Sean O'Hare. You know, he's a. I was a huge fan of that guy, dude. Yeah, he's just you know. Um, yeah, he but he he could have been something. But you look at a guy like who on paper you look at it, it has all the tools, like a Mark Jindrak, and he's just the worst. You know, like he had no charisma and he had all the athleticism in the world and just the shits. I just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't often work. It's most of the time the, you know, you're going to draw the most money with guys that have grown up wanting to do this their whole life. And unfortunately, for some reason, usually those guys aren't six five two seventy five, because when you're six five two seventy five, you grow up playing 
high school sports, college sports, and you try to get a career playing real sports. You don't think about being a wrestler. You think about it later, like after your career has failed, you know? Um, so that's when you get like the Roman Reigns and the, the Dwayne Johnsons and the Goldbergs and, you know, all these guys that thought they were going to play football and it ended up working out. Um, but, you know, that's not what they wanted to do to start with. Um, and so it just, you know, that, but, but, but in, but in the late two thousands, there were just a lot of guys like that, um, that, that just got, you know, fed through the system and there were very few that succeeded. Uh, Alex Riley could have been one of those guys, but you know, he, he kind of did it to himself. I heard, I never heard about the story about going through the bag or whatever. I just heard, I heard the thing about him being in line for a big push and, uh, him getting a DUI or something like that. And John Cena really taking offense to that because he was probably going to start trying to work with him, you know, and help to try to get him over. This is what I heard. I could be wrong. And yeah. so it was kind of like, that was like the, you know, if you're going to do that, like when you're at this point in your career, you're going to be that stupid. You know, you don't have a future here is kind of, you know, he was trying to have that kind of a locker room leader attitude and, weeding out people that he didn't feel like were beneficial to the company. So, you know, so I, I put over a lot of guys, you know, the outliers, you know, Riddick Moss, you know, Awful. Dorian Mack, you know, you know, Tino Sabatelli, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex Riley, to me, to this day, was that one guy, like, I think today, like, you know, I put my stamp on Eli Drake, you know, Killer Cross, guys that could be legit, WrestleMania main eventers, and to me, Alex Raleigh was that guy, you know? Um, yeah. And I put him in that same boat as those guys, you know? So, you hmm. know. What do you think happened there at the end? Uh, you know, when he grew his hair out and had it, I wasn't, it was like I, wet, I wasn't, he had the Buddy I, Murphy haircut, and he was cutting those promos. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of his long hair. I think at the time, everyone had long hair, and so he did it. And um, He's a good-looking dude. I like him better with short hair. Um, I don't know. I mean, not that, that that's relevant, this, but this podcast what happened? is taking a turn, guys. This podcast <laughs> is taking a turn. Finding out things about Sergio that only only those close to him knew. Yeah, that's back when they were releasing guys, and, you know, who knows. But if he can make him come back, dude, rightfully so. I'm telling you, you know, hear it now, hear it first. If he comes back on major television, that guy has the it factor, and you know, he's it, in my opinion. Well, good luck here to here uh, Kevin Kylie, or you can't even yeah. you can't even Google this guy and get like the right guy. There's like a bunch you know of other people with these names. You know what's funny is I, I was there, I was backstage, I was watching the monitor. It was I think he worked low key. And I remember they had, they had a great match. They came back, and I was like, I was like, I was like hey, dude, I'm, I'm like, nice match. And I don't know, he was he was kind of douchey about it. he was he wasn't like necessarily like he wasn't um okay. Bray Wyatt was like the super nice guy. He wasn't that, not that he should be, but um uh, you know he was kind of douchey. So I I can see how like in wrestling politics that can kind of like rub people the wrong way. You know what I mean? So seeing his personality then, I can see how 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 it went south. Right. Hey, did yeah. you ever uh, did you ever see him on Glow? He he was on an episode of Glow. He played Steel Horse. 
I did not know. Like a how, how was he? Was it good? Oh yeah, you should watch the entire show just to see him. Hmm. That's how good he was. Nice. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, enough about that guy. That took up way too much of our time on that. Um, so, that was- do you have any real news or? Uh, no, that was it, dude. Um, well, you may be interested to know, uh, that, uh, you know, it was reported on WWE backstage that, uh, not only the street profits, but the new day signed, uh, new contract extensions. Um, I believe the new days was for five years, like a five year deal where they're all, they're all going to get the same basic, uh, you know, salary. They, they worked it out. So it's all equal between the three guys. I don't know how the street profits did. Uh, but you know, they're, they're not the proven money makers that the new day are. So it would stand to reason that their deal would be for probably significantly less. Um, but at least it shows that, you know, that the company's interested in those guys. So, uh, so what do you think about That's that? Good. You, you didn't listen to the you didn't listen to the New Day podcast yet, did you? No, I just uh, I don't know, man. Those those guys kind of uh, I don't know. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> I had something in my throat. Too many too many pancakes. Too many uh, too much yelling. I don't know. It's you know. Well, I, I, I'll say this. I will say this. Um, so living in Tampa, the time that I did. I actually came across all three guys. Um, so one of the times I was at the grocery store and I saw Big E from, from far. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, who's that big dude? Oh, it's Big E. Uh, one of the times I saw um, Kofi in the gym and I spoke to him for a minute as a mark. Um, he was actually benching, you know, some pretty good weight. And the first time that I saw Xavier Woods was before he was Xavier Woods. Is before he was anything. Um, I knew him as a Consequence Creed from TNA. Sure. That's how big of a mark. That's how big of a mark I am. Um, and I saw him there, and I'm like, holy shit, that's that's the guy from TNA. You know, this is like this is before he even showed up in FCW. He was working out. He was wearing some cut off like Mario Kart T-shirt or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, he's he's living the gimmick. Uh yeah, so that's that. Um, but I, I always like I always like to size guys up because I'm always curious. You know how big are these guys really? You know what I mean like, Xavier was probably five nine. You know uh, Kofi was probably Maybe five six ten foot with the fro. <laughs> now granted, I'm I'm wearing lifts in my tennis shoes. Okay, so right. I'm about six one. You know, just sure. kidding. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's you know so. But they're that's all about- cool. Another riveting story from Sergio. Um, yeah, so, I, I, I used to wear lifts in my shoes. <laughs> or in my, in my wrestling boots when I, when I go to tryouts. Right. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, obviously uh, not because you're doing a podcast with me. But yeah, No, n- never got hired. <laughs> but I, but I, remember, I remember being in FCW and like, I'm wearing my lifts. I'm probably 6'1", you know. And I'm meeting guys, and I remember one of the guys was uh, uh, who was it, dude? The guy from uh, New Japan, the one that played a Mexican, but he's not Mexican. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so not 
What's not Tama Tonga, but his partner? Oh, Tongaloa. Tongaloa? Okay. Yeah, and he was like, what was his name? Camacho? Camacho, yeah. yeah and yeah. he was and he was the guy that was with Unico, which was the second Sin Cara, which just got released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yup, yup, yup. Yup, yup, yup. What to do? What to do? Skip, skip, skip. Skip, <laughs> now skip. The gimmick's over, skip. So I remember, like, I remember meeting him. I'm like, he's, he's always... He was always pretty jacked, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm always sizing guys up because I'm always I'm smaller, you know, you know, you know, I'm insecure, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I remember I remember being like his same height, so he's probably about six foot, you know. Um, that's irrelevant. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, that's it. Well, you just get to, yeah, you just get in that mode because pe- for 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 people at home that don't lift. You have to understand what the life of a gym bro is like. Like you're constantly <laughs> comparing yourself to dudes and you're constantly like doing stuff like in front of where you think women will see it and just, you know, it's like this whole life that you can't even understand if you're not about it. So, I only am about it because I was around it for so long, so I understand like it's it's like going to another country learning to speak the language because you live there long enough. That's what it's like. So, well, you, you you were the perfect height. What, what are you, 6'1"? Um, with my shoes off, I'm about six feet tall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're good, dude. You're perfect. I, as a kid, I was always 5'9". Yeah. And, I, and I had I had the measuring on my wall, and I was, like, insecure. Like, every day I was measuring myself. And eventually I grew to 5'11 and a half, you know. Yes, there it is again. That's a bold-faced lie. I lived with this guy. Okay. I'm not <laughs> tall he was. Oh, what am I? Five eleven, five ten. You got you. You be you, you're five eleven. You're five eleven. Like when your hair was at its spikiest and tallest. <laughs> you're about five ten. You son of a bitch. All Sorry. Right. Sorry. We can edit this out if you don't want people to know. Oh, sure. You're about six feet. It's okay. That's a perfectly hey, slightly yeah. higher than average height for a Asian guy. Waist <laughs> <laughs> down. Yeah. So, so anyways, um so yeah, I don't really have any other news other than um you know, uh let's see. I guess well, this is interesting. I didn't find this out. I heard that Rene Goulet died. Um are you familiar with Rene Goulet? I'm sure you know who he is if you saw him. But so you remember if anybody who watched rest this is what people from our generation would know. If anybody that watched uh, the WWF in the nineties, you know how there would be these pull aparts, you know, and then these guys with suits would come out, you know, there would be all the refs, but then there would be these guys with like these, uh, you know, these tan blazers or whatever that would come out. And one of them would be like Tony Gurria. And then there was always this, like this older guy with like a blonde page boy haircut, um, that would come out and break, help break the stuff up. And you're always looking at it like when you're a kid, you're looking at it like, who are those guys? You know, they look like somebody because they're not refs. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and that guy with that blonde hair was Rene Goulet. Now, you know, this this was um, he actually this is the interesting part. He actually passed away um, back in May, but they didn't even they didn't even make it public until this week. So I'm not sure why they you know, kept it a secret for months. Um, but uh, he actually passed away on May 25th and we're just now finding out about it. So, um, yeah, so 
you know, he was he was in the WWF for a long time. He was a you know he was a tag champ. Um, he was a but he was a road agent for the most part. That's what most people would know him. Um, there's all kinds of interesting stuff. Like when you really look at it, like he he won a a New Japan Tag League with Andre the Giant as his partner. Um, he he won the WWWF Tag Team Titles with Carl Gotch. Um, he was the he was the first person to ever defeat Ric Flair. Um, so, yeah, and and he was the first person to uh, to ever. He was in the first televised WWF match on the USA Network. Um, he wrestled Tito Santana, uh, which was another one of his partners, I guess. So, you know this this guy had been around, um, but he's. He never, and I remember seeing, you know, old matches of his. He had like this one glove, like a Michael Jackson gimmick or something. I just, I don't know yeah. what the hell that glove was supposed to be. He never even used it like, you know, it wasn't like a loaded glove or something that he would use at Chi with. He just had this one glove. It was just weird. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, I guess uh, condolences to Rene Goulet's friends and family. He's, he was 86 years old. So it's not like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. he's taken too soon but um i just isn't that isn't that weird like back in may yeah that's kind of weird it's a long time yeah so yeah five months six months yeah that's uh hmm. I, I guess i guess nobody was trying to find out what he was up to that whole time so um huh. so nonetheless so uh let's, let's move on and talk about aw dark before we take our break just real quick. I was just trying to finish it. Um, so this episode uh, has Vicky Guerrero on commentary. Did you see this, Sergio? I didn't, but I heard about it. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, she's on there just, you know, doing her thing, playing up the cougar gimmick, making a lot of sexual advances towards private party and so, other so, things. You know, you, know what's, you know what's funny is um, it shouldn't be a surprise to you, but I was actually very attracted to her back in the day. Yep. And I remember meeting her in catering, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And um, I said hi to her. You know, she she was she was very unimpressed. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, another scintillating story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure it was. I'm sure <laughs> whatever it was, I'm sure it wasn't your height. So don't feel bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, also joined by commentary later, uh, or joined on commentary by. Joey Janela, who, oh. you know, you may or may not be surprised to find out is about as good on the headset as he is in the ring. Um, but he did, he did make a, he did take a lot of like, I guess you could say they're shots at Jim Cornette, but um, they're really just <laughs> shots. They were just like shots at himself though. So like he said something about, um, uh, he said somebody was a, uh, tough enough to uh, strap a bucket of maple syrup on their back and ride a motor scooter through Canada. Um, he called himself a uh, jelly belly. Like he said, he had a jelly belly and the ladies like it. Uh, he also called himself vanilla Nutella. Um, so these are all, <laughs> these are all things that Jim Cornette has sort of yeah. made fun of him. He's just kind of like taking it upon himself but he's put him over all right yeah so so he's he's a fan 
And his hair's still up. So even though he blocked me, like he's still taking my advice. Even on commentary, he wouldn't let it get in his eyes. So don't you think that's weird? Has like, like I, dude, I, 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 I sent one tweet where I told him to just stop with the damn hair brushing, and he blocks me. But then he does exactly what I say. So it's like no thank you, like no gratitude. <laughs> Fucking gonna take my advice and block me. I couldn't imagine blocking anyone on Twitter. It's, it'd, it'd be weird. It's like, why? I don't know. Dude, he's just such a bitch. Whatever. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. they had a they had a so there there was this weird thing right where uh, they showed they showed the women's rankings and they showed um you know Dr. Britt Baker's record. She's now the number one contender somehow, uh, at 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 four wins and two losses. Okay, but then. But then they show her, they show this right before her match, and she has a match. And when she comes out, she's three and two. So they're basically what? saying, like, okay, well, we know you're going to win this match. And, and then, then they did the same thing with Chris Statlander. You know, they show, they show her in the rankings and her record, her new record, but then they show the match. So it's like, you already know who wins both these matches. So why do you show the match? You know what I'm saying? Like, why didn't you, uh, Show the two matches, and then afterwards show the show the ranking part. You know, instead you, you spoiled the results of both the matches. This is the kind of shit why AEW's stupid, because they do they do things like this um, all the time. They they just have no continuity. Uh, there's no one to like catch these these errors, and they had plenty of time. It's not like a live show. It's this is taped. This is all taped, and they had plenty of time to put the YouTube show together. And uh, instead, you know, you get this. Uh, so the only other the only other note I have is um, <laughs> Vicky Guerrero on commentary says, uh, says at some point she says uh, B Priestley is good at concussions. So <laughs> nice. So Chris Statlander better be careful. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's an awesome phrase. Good at concussions. All right. Um, but yeah, and then the only other thing really to to mention is I guess this is the first actual official match that Orange Cassidy is in. He's uh, really? teaming up. He's teaming up with best friends, as you'd expect him to, against uh, the Hybrid Two and Pack. So, um, huh. you know, I didn't really finish watching this match, but uh, you know, if you want to see this Orange Cassidy in ring action, which they didn't seem to be making a big deal of, they didn't really make a make it like it was his debut or anything, but there it is. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue talking about AEW, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about dynamite. So, AEW Dynamite, um, this is just, uh, I don't know, this is getting kind of hard to watch sometimes. Um, did you, I assume you watched the episode. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I liked it. Figures. Um, so, well, I'll just, I'll just quickly run down some of the notes I had and, you know, you can chime in if you remember anything or if there's anything you want to talk about. Um, yeah. 
we start out with Jericho inviting Moxley into the circle, the inner circle. Um, we have, uh, oh yeah, this is a uh, Excalibur in this promo, this promo package, uh, is, is trying to sell the bucks as street fighters. Um, <laughs> you know, getting ready for their match with, uh, what was it? Um, you know, those guys, Santana Ortiz. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Um, so speaking of embarrassing, you had Cody and QT Marshall against, uh, the, uh, triple B team. Um, blade butcher bunny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this match was the shits, bro. It was shits. Yeah, it was the shits. Uh, Oh, you agree? Oh, I, I agree. Yes. Yes. What was what was Marshall doing when he tried to do that? Like he tried to do that tornado over the rope and just like fell and hit the apron and then knocked into the other guy and then acted like he did a move. <laughs> he was uh, doing okay, so he can he can do what he was trying to do, I guess, but he was doing too much. Um, and uh, who was it? The butcher, the big guy of the group. He looks very green. I don't, I don't know what it, what his experience is, but uh, well, his experience he, is he's a bass player for some death metal band. <laughs> yeah, now he's he's a scary looking guy, but he looks green. You can see it in between the moves. He's kind of he's he's kind of lost and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of obvious. He has a monocle though, so that makes yeah. Up I I, I, I dig it. I, I I dig the gimmick. I like it, but yeah. He's green. Okay. All right. Um, so <laughs> then a bunch of stuff happened. And then Chris Jericho got on commentary, um, which was which was fine. Uh, I noticed um, so when Sammy comes out, you know, you know how I was last week, I think I was complaining about Justin Roberts and the way he announces some of these people, right? With the they call him this or whatever. Uh, yeah. and then so one of the things that I don't know if, how long they've been doing this, but on some of the graphics, you know, they have like, it, I don't know what you call it, but you remember when Matt Hardy was doing the version one gimmick and they would have little Matt facts in the corner while he was coming out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. And uh, so it was stuff like that because they said, um, you know, like when, when Sammy Guevara comes out on the, on his, uh, his graphic, it says, um, Spanish God experiences withdrawal when separated from his phone. Did you catch that? I didn't know. It's actually like right there above his name. Uh, you know, just like a Matt fact. So mm. you have to pay close attention to catch these type of things. Yeah. Um, maybe if you had a monocle, you could see better. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then, we, and then we, we get to the Texas street fight, which you know, of course, um, they're they're the the Bucks are making their stupid entrance, you know, with the fake money and all this shit, which you know yeah. I'm sure they stole that from Okada, but whatever. Um, so I they, they're <laughs> they're doing their entrance, they're doing their entrance, and they like I looked away for like they they got they got jumped, you know, like P and P jumped them from behind, and was beating the shit out of them pretty good. And I, I looked away for five seconds. I don't remember what I was doing. I, I don't know if I was like went to grab my phone or, or whatever I was doing. I looked up and they're already giving um, 
the indie taker to Sammy Guevara, who isn't even in the match. So yeah. I look away for a second and they go from getting waylaid to giving somebody a, a crazy finisher on the, you know, it's like, what is happening? Um, I hated this. I hated it as much as I could hate anything in pro wrestling today. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the part where you put it over. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I don't. Um, oh. I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, eh, it was what it was. So Vince Russo, who I'm a huge fan of, obviously, um, was putting over how like uh, Ortiz laid his head in a chair and waited for the super kick. Do you, oh, do you remember that spot? Yes, that was that was awful, dude. So yes. I, I noticed. Normally, I noticed that that... normally you would. So just for the people that can't, you know, the people at home that aren't going to watch this shit, which is all of them, okay. <laughs> so normally you do the spot where a guy's like in a turnbuckle or some some place like sitting propped up, and then somebody holds a chair in front of their face, and they wouldn't be moving anyways, so they're just sitting there. And then you hold the chair in front of their face and then someone like runs and smashes the chair into their face. Now they're already helpless, so they can't do it. This was like, he's holding the chair out in the middle of the ring in space. And the guy's like crawling towards the chair. So he has to hold himself up just to get hit with the chair. It's the dumbest thing. Every one of these guys oh should just God. quit. They should just quit. You do something like that. You're, you're either, I, 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 I refuse to believe, as much as I don't like the Young Bucks, I refuse to believe that they don't know any better than that. So I'm going to say this was just like a rib, like a like a big middle finger to all the to all the old school people or the fans or whatever, all the you know the half a million people that don't watch your fucking show anymore um, because they didn't even get to see this because they already quit before you did it. So um, now you're just now you're just embarrassing yourselves to 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 the fans that you already had. Yeah, dude, it, it was awful. Um, I, I noticed it at first, but after Vince Russo put it over, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking bad. You know, and and speaking of Russo, um, there's a friend of mine that comes over once in a while, a girlfriend of mine, and she's not a wrestling fan at all. Okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, you make her watch wrestling? Yes. And <laughs> she point no. Now, she, I guess, is a casual fan, quote unquote. She will point things out that I that I that I don't notice, right? But Vince Russo, you know, puts it out there. She's like, "Why are they waiting? Why are they waiting for the dive, the suicide dive? Why is he waiting to be kicked in the head when the chair is, you know, in front of his face?" Things that, as a fan for thirty years, that I've kind of accepted, like she points out right away, and I find it very interesting, you know. So she's a casual fan that Vince Russo talks about that he thinks that, you know, people like AEW should be trying to gather, but they're not. And they're asking these questions, the exact question that she's actually asking. So yes. I find that very fascinating. Yes. It's well, true. That's, ev that's everything that I talk about every week here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling extra surly this week. You know, I'm not in the mood for any of this <laughs> shit. It's like wrestling just pissed me off this week. And part of that may be because there, there's no, uh, there hasn't been any New Japan all week, so I'm just like, you know, extra cranky. But um, I, I, I like, and I know that probably there's people that listen, even you know, even friends of mine, any any friends of mine that might listen or whatever. I know that you know, or even yourself, you know, you probably sit here 
and you listen to me go off on these people like this and you know in the back of your mind you probably can't help but think like well who the hell are you why are you talking like this you've never done anything you never accomplished anything these people are out there they're on tv blah 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 you know and fair enough there's there's a lot of these people i can't do what they can do but the only question i would ask is am i wrong is anything i'm saying come across as wrong i mean I did it enough. I understand it enough. Um, and so just because I can't do a 450 or whatever doesn't mean that uh, what I'm saying uh, has no validity. Um, but, but, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Even, even somebody that doesn't watch can see this stuff in five seconds, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you accepted it. The question is, like, why do you still accept it? I mean, you should be upset about this as much as anyone. Um, because you didn't, you didn't do dumb shit like this when you were in the ring. You know, Sergio is actually, I know it's hard to believe for people that never saw him, but Sergio is actually really good, you know? <laughs> and it's well, disrespectful you. to a guy like Sergio to do some stupid spot like that that he would never do. I mean, okay, we see stupid shit all the time. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. It happens. But, dude, well, you, you got to draw the line somewhere. And like when Ortiz lays his face on the chair and sits there and waits for five seconds, it's like, whoa, it's like, it's like dude, it's like, come on. That's too yeah. much. You know what I mean? It's too much. Yeah. Also, I can't stand like the spot where somebody like dives out of the ring and you watch the guys waiting. It's like, dude, they have to either tighten it up or like get rid of it. But you can't have guys out there waiting for the guy to dive. You, you, you can't do that. You know? Yeah. But here's the problem. Oh, it's bad. Here's the problem with that. Hmm. If you don't, like, wait, if you don't position yourself, if you don't ready yourself and steady yourself in order to catch somebody, both of you guys True. can be seriously hurt. So you, have, you, you either have it look like shit or you hurt yourself. Now there are guys that there's a way to do it. You know, I've never, I've never caught anybody in a dive in my life, but I know how to, you know, I know how to sell to the point where you could at least make it look like you're not looking at them. Like you could be watching them the whole time and just make it look like you're not, you know, there's ways to do it, but they just don't care, you know, and there are people that can do it, but they're very, very few, very few. Um, yeah. So, in in any case, uh, let's move on to two guys that do know how to do it. Actually, uh, I, I have a story to tell. Oh, um, by all means. This, this is not me putting myself over, by any means. If anything, I'm, I'm more when I when I name drop, I'm more impressed by the amount of talent that I was I was able to uh, train with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impressive to me because like I was able to train with like so many like amazing talent. So I'll never forget. And this is kind of funny, actually. So John Cena, in one of our training sessions, he says, this is before WWE, he's just, you know, developmental in Southern California. Mm-hmm. He made mention, he's like, I'd rather call a spot and, and have the entire front row hear it than to, like, fuck a spot up. Which is funny because, like, to this day, dude, we've all heard John Cena call spots, right? Yeah. Like, you can see, you can hear it. It's, he, he's more he's probably one of the most obvious guys ever to call spots in the ring but you know i was i was right there you know live and 
that's all I'm gonna say it. You know, so it's yeah, that's it. Well, you know, there's another way to do it, which is to uh, call a spot and not have them hear you and not fuck it up. So. Yeah, you can um, <laughs> you can hold the person in the ropes and have them stand there for 30 seconds and like while your face is in their ear, like uh, what was it that women's match uh, TLC? I think it was. Uh... <laughs> now, granted, you know, Kyrie Sane had a had a concussion, I guess, but it was yeah, that, that was match. different. That was that yeah. was not that's yeah, not yeah. the same thing. I've seen uh, guys. I've seen guys do that that were clearly not concussed. Yeah, Jericho. Jericho is like famous for that, dude. Like, he would like have you against the ropes, his face in your ear for like a fucking minute. It's like, whoa, you know. I get it. Whatever. But yeah, yeah as I, you were saying. Yeah. Well, on that note, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know how you called spots, but I didn't call spots. I would just call the next thing to the guy. You know, like if he. If he picked me up for a slam or something, I would be telling him the next move while I'm sitting there in the air in his arms, you know, so I don't have to. So he doesn't have to remember 50 things that I just said, you know, or I'm not going to sit there and put him in a chin lock and tell him a story, you know, (laughs) you just. Well, yeah, it it, it depends who you're working. Are you working a rough rider, Rashad? Are you working a hog wild, you know? Well, the thing is, I've 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 worked. Well, I don't know if I ever got to work with Rough Rider Rashad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I just barely missed that. But I'm pretty sure I worked with Hogwild, and I've I've worked with plenty of mentally handicapped inferior uh, people. And the way to do it is you just keep it. The simpler you keep it, the less you have for them to remember. It's just, but there's just a way to do everything, and and, and like I said, so let, let's talk about NXT and two guys that. Um, don't have any issues with that. So this was the big uh, cruiserweight uh, title match with um, Angel Garza and Leo Rush. And uh, so these, okay, if you want to have these, this is the type of match that the Young Bucks and all these, you know, all these AEW guys, all these other guys, all these cruiserweight guys in anywhere, even the WWE, the other guys, this is the match they think that they're having. They think they're trying to have this match. But these guys actually had the match. This is the way you do one of these matches. They look like... The thing about Leo Rush is he looks like... If he's has something to be upset about, he looks like he's upset. This looked personal. This is... Even though they did a lot of their um, you know, impressive athletic moves... It still looked like they wanted to fight each other. So um, everything looked really uh, crisp. And if it didn't look crisp, it looked like violent. It looked like they were trying to hurt each other. Um, Yes. But that doesn't mean it was sloppy. That doesn't mean it was stiff. It just means these guys are fucking great (laughs) at what they do. Yes. Um, So, yeah. And... uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, new cruiserweight champ. So talk about this, Sergio. Yeah, so uh, Garza is my favorite wrestler, as everyone mm-hmm. knows. Um, I thought the match was, was fantastic. Um, I always view things from an old man standpoint and like, fuck, I don't want them to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm always cringing. I felt like the Leo Rush frog splash to the outside of the ring was unnecessary because no one really remembers. At the end of the day, it's like you think about the match. No one, no one remembers that. He could have, he could have missed it in the ring, 
and got the same response. So I think it's unnecessary, personally. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, I just want to yeah. add this. If everybody was trying to have, like... If, if everybody wasn't trying to put on a stunt show in every match, that would have mm-hmm. been memorable. You would have... Like, if everybody was, was not out there trying to kill themselves <laughs> and they saved they saved certain moves for certain occasions like this, you would remember that. You'd remember that frog splash for the rest of your life because you see five frog splashes to the outside on every episode of Dynamite. You don't care. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not their fault that everybody's ruining it for them. Um, yeah. But I, I see your point. Anyway, continue. Well, on, on that point, actually, uh, we, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. I remember mentioning... Um, the match where Garza took his pants off in front of Leo Rush's in front of Leo Rush's wife. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention the uh, top rope fallaway slam. Uh, we yeah, we did. Week, I don't. I don't think we we, we mentioned it a week later. Did we? Well, to... we talked about it, and we talked about how that was like a bandito move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Cole the, Cabana that, said that's not a real move. Yep, that was the next week. Because uh, we didn't remember it that week. We remembered Leo Rush pulling his pants off in front of... Uh, or, I'm sorry. Garza pulling his pants off in front of uh, Rush's wife. That's what we remember. We, we remember that story. Mm-hmm. We didn't remember the move. So, I mean, I mean, long story short, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Nonetheless... Uh, and this week with the, with the pants <laughs> spot, I mean, that was, the, that was the best one yet. Because they, made, they still got it done. <laughs> But they made yes. it as part of the story where he's like trying to, he's like falling out of the ring and Leo Rush tries to grab him, but he just, the pants just tear yeah. off in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, 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 they kind of botch it a little bit, but we get the idea and it was good. Um, I love how they, uh, they teased uh, Rush's finisher a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they both traded it back and forth trying to do it. Or Rush would like, they did. They did the the electric chair into Rush trying to hit the finisher, but uh, Garza like you know moved and whatnot. It was great. It was a great match, and I watched it like three times, dude. Like no joke, like several times. Great match. Yeah. Well, I didn't watch it three times, but that's because I got a lot of other shit to watch. So I, sure. I I did love it. Um, it's it, for this for these types for these types of matches, this is like I said, this is what everybody else thinks they're doing, but they're not. So this is, this is a a plus plus. Um, only thing I would say it's up to them. This is what they wanted to do. And again, if it wasn't overused, it wouldn't be as big of an issue. So when they did it, it would have been better, but I'm not a fan of kicking out of the finishers, you know? Um, you mean like, like, like when they, when they trade finishers, you know, you know well, he kicked out like he str- like he hit, like he hit he hit him with, hit him the, angels with the angels. Wings. Yeah, or wing clipper. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, and then he turned it into like a submission or whatever. But you know, I wouldn't have. Uh, I just I just wouldn't kick out of those finishers, or I'd protect the finisher still. That's just you know. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. just me because I I like. I like guys finishers to be a finisher and I, and I understand that there's times when you could kick out of a finisher. Like I'm not totally against it, but I don't think these guys are at the level where they need to do it. And so this can definitely be a thing of like, 
you know, a foot on the rope or, or falling out of the ring or something to just protect it a little bit. Um, but other than that, that's just, that's just my personal thing. If that's what they want to do, if they're cool with it, um, you know, that's fine. So I noticed that, uh, um, Mauro Ronaldo said that, uh, Garza was the first Mexican cruiserweight champ. So yeah, he did. that's so what that Kalisto's not Mexican. Well, or is NXT, Kalisto from America? Well, like, is that why? Well, it's, it's NXT cruiserweight champ. So it's, it's different now. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, it doesn't it's like, the, it's the, like a, the previous history it, doesn't count. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a universal champion. Like, so like WWE champ doesn't count. Well, all they did was change the name of the belt. It's the same belt, the same belt that sits under your television. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, why, do yeah. Have, why do you have that belt, by the way? Of all the belts, um, my, my son wanted it. Oh, all right then. He's, he's a boss. Well, he's definitely but, uh, under five. I, I actually want to buy. Yeah, he is. I want to buy all the belts. Oh, okay. N- not, not not to be a mark, but you know, I'm a mark. <laughs> not to be a mark, but the most marked thing ever. You can, <laughs> you can bring them all with you when you go to the live events. You know, like you could. No, like, no, no, never, the never. ultimate. The Ultimo Dragon, uh, like, have nine belts. Yeah. Um, when I when I go to a when I go to a show, I look I look, I look like a non fan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. That's it. Uh, so elsewhere on this show, we had a good a good Shayna Baszler package. Um, we had a good Finn Balor package. You know, besides his normal package that I guess people think is pretty good, but uh, video package, I mean. Um. Then they go back, going back to Garza, they, sh- they show him propose to his girlfriend. Like he, like he, 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 during the break after he won, uh, he proposed to his girlfriend. But I mean, is, isn't that like a more of a baby face thing to do? Seem like it is. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's very baby face. And I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I, I kind of, uh, cheered up a little bit when I watched it. You're kind of, you're kind of jealous of the girl. <laughs> I mean, he is the, uh, Sexiest man in the world, but no, I'm not jealous. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> uh, we had so we had Grimey come out, and he lost to uh, Raúl Mendoza. That that's good, right? The right yeah. man won. I mean, he got yeah. distracted by Kushida. You know, who's going to steal his hat? Um. But uh, you know, he took an L, so that's all that really matters. Yeah. Um. And then we had, you know, the main event was the uh, number one contender match, right? With Finn Balor, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa? Yeah, that's right. That was it? So um, I'm, very, I'm very surprised Balor won. I had um, my money on, uh, on Lee. But I don't know, like, fantasy booking-wise, I mean, I can see Lee winning the uh, Royal Rumble. Because they already announced like 10 Raw, 10 SmackDown, 10 NXT guys. And to me, it's like, I mean, number one, it's a dream match. Number two, it's not really WWE booking, but it can be. What do you think? Mm, well, you have to think like, if you want to think about what you want to do and you want to think about what they want to do, they're going to be two different things. Well, I, also I, I was almost sure for just for this match here. Um, I was sure they were going to pick Finn Balor because I can see oh. in their mind, they're like Finn Balor versus Adam Cole is the money match. 
and and they're opening they're opening the show too. They already announced that. So like, if you're if you're switching channels, if you don't know what to watch, you're gonna watch NXT because well, it's Balor and Cole. So you know, right. Which again, you know, I I don't subscribe to that whole philosophy. I don't think anybody watches TV like that anymore. So, um, but nonetheless, that again, well. I say that, but then again, I'm like, well, look who's making these decisions. A bunch of old people that are out of touch, right? So old yeah. people that are out of touch are still watching wrestling like they have to choose between two channels because they don't know how to DVR. And old people that are out of touch are making decisions on booking. So let's put the two small white guys in the main event. when you Because you, you couldn't figure out a way to get Adam Cole out of a match with Keith Lee where he wouldn't get murdered. You know, It's just completely unrealistic to have a match with those two guys, but they would somehow do it. Um, yeah. As far as Keith Lee winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I don't see that either. Um, because if you're uh, going to, if you're, uh, what? I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, remember, I'm not else? talking about what I would do. I'm yeah. talking about I mean, the way they're going to do it. Well, at this point, who else is going to win? Anybody. I mean, who, who, who's, who's facing Brock? Alistair Block? Maybe. You know, but it ain't going to be Keith Lee. It's not going to be him. Uh, I don't Brock, know, man. Brock Lesnar's not going to face Keith Lee. Brock won't do it. He he won't do it. You know what I mean? He'll be like, they'll oh, be I like, you think about I working with that. Keith Lee? He's like, no. I bet. I, I it's, it's Paul, Dude, Brock doesn't watch the product. Paul Heyman does. Paul Heyman's there. You know what I'm saying? Paul Heyman tells Brock who's good, who's not good. He's like, hey, AJ, you know, Daniel Bryan, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? You think that's all it is? You think Brock Lesnar doesn't know who none of these guys are? Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Well, I'm, I'm sure, sure he doesn't know who Keith Lee is. I'm sure he probably no. knew who AJ Styles was. He, he damn well doesn't know who Keith Lee is, but if all goes well, he's going to know exactly who Keith Lee is. <laughs> <laughs> That's very wishful thinking on your part. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I hope it comes true. But then yes. again, but then again, you have to think like they wouldn't even let Keith Lee win this fucking match, and he took the fall in the match. Like they didn't even beat Champa. They he beat Keith Lee. Finn Balor stomped on Keith Lee and pinned him. So this yeah. is the guy you want to have uh, face Brock Lesnar. They don't even let him win in his own fucking little developmental company. So I just don't think yeah. that they have the same plans for him that they do. He couldn't even be Roman Reigns in a meaningless Survivor Series match. You know what I mean? It's well, like here, here, here's my question: Who the hell booked Keith Lee to 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 be in the end? Forget winning. Who booked who booked Keith Lee versus versus uh, Roman Reigns? That, that's that's what I'm wondering. Well, yeah. I don't know, but who, who I don't know, but but whoever they were, they stopped there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get it. Now, 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 then you got, now you got, uh, we got Roman Reigns can't beat Baron Corbin, but we'll get to that. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to that. Matter of fact, let's get to it. Um, cause SmackDown's next. So yep. SmackDown sucks. We all know that we talk about it. You say it's your least favorite show. We talk For about sure. every week, how this is just a terrible show this week. It was, it was terrible in a different way. It was bizarre. Like bizarre is in like I'm watching it saying I don't quite understand why this is a different kind of bad than it normally is. 
the most normal thing on the show, on that show that week, was that um, Dash Dash and or whatever fell down during his entrance. Like that was the most normal thing that happened on the whole show. <laughs> okay, so so let, so let's let's run down a few of these things. Okay, um, Dolphin Corbin come out and they they ask the crowd like if they do you smell something and they're talking about the dog food that they poured on roman reigns uh now never mind you know this is this is the dog food from last week um despite it being a different building a different city and the fact that it's fucking last week they're still coming out here talking about this dog food okay so whatever then um the new day comes out to mercifully try to save us from this bullshit and then so corbin says something like this is the dumbest okay he wants to take a shot at kofi um you know the kofi and brock match right so what he should have said was um hey you like magic right well how, i got a trick for you how about how brock lesnar made your wwe title disappear you know, that would have been that would have been a, a good dad joke for Baron Corbin. What did he actually say? He said, Hey, you like magic like unicorns? Uh how uh what about uh when Brock Lesnar beats you for your title in like seven seconds? Duh. Like that's not even that's not even a, a burn. You're just a you're just a fucking moron. Like who writes this? Probably Baron Corbin. Where's so so where's, Kofi, Wade, where's Wade Co when when you need him? Yeah, yeah. He 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 needs to rebook this whole thing. So Kofi <laughs> comes in. Um, he just slaps Baron Corbin, who does nothing. All right. <laughs> so then so then that's over, <laughs> and then Corbin and Dolph go to the back, and they find some guy lying in a broken table in the locker room. Some guy, just some guy, has been put through a table in the locker room. Okay, so we're supposed to think like, oh, my God, what happened? I guess Roman Reigns is going on a rampage, right? Um, even though there's no there's no indication of that because they look pretty confused. Um, so um, so Alexa Bliss calls Mandy. She calls Mandy Rose a bully. Uh, Alexa Bliss, the same girl who said Nia Jax was dual wielding turkey legs at Disneyland. But she's calling Mandy Rose a bully. Um, there's a four-minute vignette of heavy machinery trying to give Sami Zayn a ham. Um, Elias sings a song about not finding Bailey attractive, which somehow leads to her challenging Dana Brooke to a match. Yeah. Um, who, speaking of not attractive, Dana Brooke, I don't know if she's always looked like this, but she like her plastic surgery is like really starting to. It's like it's like if someone shaved a baboon and tried to dress and make it up like a Bratz doll. Um, so, okay, we have Bray Wyatt invading Miz's house, even though we never see him. And he leaves a doll with his daughter. It's very exciting. And, and you got cool stuff like them watching, watching their, da their daughter on the baby monitor on like this iPad thing. And uh, they got the cameraman filming the iPad and then watching the iPad instead of running to the room. Um, and a bunch of other dumb shit like that. Um, at the end of the show, Roman Reigns comes to save the black man from being chained up by the white guys. And now we're supposed to be excited for TLC. Yeah, this is just a, this is a great episode of SmackDown. Oh yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> uh, 
Um, let's take a let's take a quick break before we get to TLC, and I'll just mention that on MLW we had an ACH sighting. Oh, uh, he 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 was in a tag team match with King Mo. That's right, King Mo from uh, Bellator, uh, the mixed yeah. martial artist, and uh, or, they got impact, right? Yeah, and he was he was an impact recently. And um, they got they picked up a win over Injustice, which is the faction uh, that features the next big thing, Jordan Oliver. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, so let, let, let's go ahead and go to um, TLC. You know, while we're while we got that little quick MLW break. All right. Yeah. Uh, we start out with the New Day and the Revival. This was probably going to end up being the best match on the show. Um, but it was a lot of stuff that we've seen. A lot of dangerous stuff. They had to try to break the ladder twice. Um, it was just... Uh, it was dangerous and unnecessary. And I didn't really feel great about watching it. But, you know, they worked hard. And you have to yeah. remember, like, when I say all this stuff, like, when I, when I bury these people, I'm just... I know they worked hard. And I'm just trying to be entertaining a lot of the time. I'm not really like, I don't hate any of these people, but I just, you know, so I know when they work hard, but I'm saying like sometimes, um, you know, working hard isn't enough um, or not, not that it's not enough, but it's like, not that I appreciate it, but the company shouldn't be making you work that hard. I think is what I mean to say. Uh, yeah. They should just yeah. be more entertaining doing easier things. Most mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Yeah. You had Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. This was obviously the most heated rivalry of the past decade, these two. Uh, but, um, man, let me tell you, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I can't imagine how anybody could have not noticed it. Um, Vic Joseph said the phrase, he said the word jaw like 255 times during this match. Uh -huh. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Really? Every time, every time there'd be like a kick or a punch or something, he'd be like, that jaw, that's that jaw, his jaw. <laughs> and then he got, then he even got uh, Joe and King in on the action. Like they started saying jaw. And then uh, King tried to say other things besides jaw, but he couldn't really think of anything. So he just kept saying jaw. Dude, you got. I know. I know you like Buddy Murphy, so it'll give you an excuse if you go back and watch this match again. Just listen to the commentary. This is absolutely awful. It's just embarrassing. You can tell Vince McMahon's like in the headset, like say jaw again, damn it, say jaw. <laughs> well, one thing I noticed is like they always use like body parts, like oh he he he, he hit him in the kidneys or the sternum or like the. Uh... Yeah. The solar plexus. Yeah. It's like instead of saying like chest or whatever, you know. Yeah. And that, well, that, which is fine, but you don't have to keep <laughs> saying it. But he, he, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it again. I can't believe you didn't know. This. Um, I will uh, say this. I'll put over Samoa Joe. I, I, I think he's actually great. I think he's a great commentator. Yeah, he's fine. Um, he's yeah. a, great's a strong word, but I mean, compared to, you know, a lot of what else we get, um, he does very well. yeah, yeah he, he's having fun with it too. Um, uh, so Roman and Corbin, um, it sucked. It was stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah. where was the new day? 
You know, like he tried to he tried to hang Kofi Kingston um, with shackles and beat him. And if Roman Reigns didn't save his life, uh, then he would have been covered in dog food as well. But when Roman Reigns is getting beaten up, uh, which which like in, which includes like, uh, uh, you know, a kendo stick to the to his tactical vest that he's wearing. Let me tell you something. Part of what makes a kendo stick hurt is the way it's built. You know, like the thing is supposed to, um, you know, like it's supposed. <laughs> they used to call it a Singapore cane, you know, when it was an ECW mm-hmm. because of that whole story about that guy that went to Singapore and got caned for something like graffiti. And yeah. what happens is like the bamboo, like when it's split like that, yeah. it ends up like cutting you. Right. So it mm-hmm. expands and contracts as you're struck with it and it ends up cutting your skin. Um and like that's like a big part of like you know what makes it hurt, um, is the is is getting you know it, it's got that those sharp um, you know slats in the in the stick. It's all bound yeah. together. Um, but when you're wearing like a vest like Roman Reigns wears, you know, getting hit with something like that it seems like it would barely hurt at all. So it's just it's just dumb how people keep attacking him in the vest. You know, like. That's exactly what he's wearing it for. So he's smart and you guys are all dumb. Um, but, you know, it just didn't make sense for him to get mobbed by like five guys. And you had New Day, like who just got in a fight with the Revival, you know, and they're not out there. So Roman Reigns just get left for dead. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, does it make sense that they didn't save him? Uh I guess we just oh, want to no. see Roman Reigns get beaten up, right? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, that's fine too if that's you know, but it's 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 who's beating them up that's the problem. We don't want to see these guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. There were some there were some other matches in there. I don't know. I was like really tuning out of this this pay per view yeah. at a certain point. Well, I will say I, I like um, Ollie G or I'm sorry, uh, Ollie and Shorty G as a team. Were they on this show? Um, I'm not sure. They were on SmackDown. <laughs> well, they weren't on TLC. Yeah, not TLC. Yeah. Um. Well, all right. Let's get to it. Uh, the girls' main event. Um, you had the Kabuki Warriors against you know Becky and Charlotte. Uh, this match was dangerous. Um, it was sloppy. Uh, Kyrie got hurt at some point. I didn't see the exact moment where she got hurt. Um, we find out now that she probably had a concussion, but they just yeah. kept on doing stuff to her, you know, like it was, it, it's knowing that, knowing that she's clearly hurt and then watching like Charlotte try to muscle her up for that power bomb through the table. It's very disturbing at this point. Um, Dude, it, was that bad. Was rough. it was bad enough when I saw it live Yeah, and I didn't realize what was going on, but I knew something was, something was off. I just thought they got lost. Like, she forgot what the spots were or something. Um, but now, you know, it all makes more sense. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing. Um, you know, we talked about this, uh, you know, with like the Kenta and Ishii match back when, you know, when he got hurt and they just kept going with the match. Yeah. Um, dude, let me tell you something. A Japanese person, male or female, is not going to tell you that they're hurt. Okay, that's just not what they do. They're not gonna they're not gonna sit there and and say like, oh, I have a concussion. They, you know, even if they knew how to say it, um, they're not gonna tell you that. 
Um, they're just they're just not they're just not trained that way. So they they fight through that kind of stuff. So she was Kyrie was never going to tell him that they were that that uh that she was hurt. And eventually, I guess somebody Becky must have figured it out or something because like she rolled her under the ring at some point, which I yeah. saw in like some fan footage or something. Um, so she was completely uninvolved with the finish, and Oscar ended up winning anyways. Um, but uh, you know, I've I've already talked about. I was just talking about Kyrie having like a short career based on her <laughs> skeleton structure and body fat percentage. And doing all the stuff that she does. And even with that, you know, she's still like, um, you know, now, now, now her getting, her getting concussed and all this other stuff. It's like, it's, it's, it's getting shorter by the, by the day. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, bad. So do you have any other thoughts on that or the show in general? Um, not really. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Okay. Um, so moving on to Monday Night Raw, uh, following up, um, I have one note for Monday Night Raw, Sergio. You want to know what the note is? Yes. All capitals. Zero notes. This was the most pointless episode of a wrestling show I think I may have ever seen in my life. Um, wow. which is funny because it's almost like they've been doing the things that I've been saying to do. You know, they have jobber matches. Um, they're getting people in and out, quick segments, and stuff like that. But this is not exactly what I meant. I mean, when you get somebody to do a job match, you don't just have them do a job match and then that's it. You're supposed to get the, the person that's supposed to get over and then they're supposed to get over with something else besides the match. The match is there so that the people can look at their five moves or whatever. And then after that, they're supposed to have an interview or someone else is supposed to come out there or someone's supposed to be on commentary you're supposed to further like what's next for that person you can't just have them beat akira tozawa and then just move on like nothing happened that's not the point you can't just have eric rowan come out and beat this guy that tries to steal his cage for which at this point why would anybody try to steal your cage anymore um you've seen what happens to everybody that's done it it doesn't make sense for job guys that aren't going to be there next week like there's no reason for them to do that but that's all you keep doing you know what i mean it's like you have to you can't just do that you have to do something else so they're they're sort of taking my advice but they're not doing it right um yeah there's and and apparently um the world agrees with me because i'm seeing here that this episode drew the lowest um the lowest viewership in uh, raw history for a non wow. no this is a this is a let me see the lowest non-holiday in history um and this is um the the third hour was the was the lowest of all time including holiday okay so yeah this um this episode just sucked it just really did it sucked in a different way than smackdown though um but like looking at these looking at the ratings for raw all year long starting on January 7th up to now, you know, they haven't cracked 3 million people except for one time. And you know what that one time was? The premiere. Nope. What was it? The Raw Reunion episode. Really? So 
everybody thought they were going to get to see some old wrestlers. So three point, they got a 3.09 on that, which was up from the previous week of 2.4. And the next week, after the Raw reunion episode, it was down to 2.3. Damn. So they they've 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 done it. They they haven't even been close to three all year, except for the one time when they had like Stone Cold on there. So it takes Stone Cold Steve Austin to get them up to a three, and then immediately everybody tunes back out. But this this was even lower. This was this is like a two point. What is this? Okay, two point oh five. So you'd have to do a generous roundup to get a 2.1. Yeah. So, and TLC kind of sucked as a pay-per-view. So you're not, um, no one cared to see what happened on Raw. And you had, you actually, actually, actually watched the show. It sets up nothing for the next show. It was just a bunch of matches. Yep. So, so that fucking sucks. All right. Bad. Um, so even you can't put over Raw this week, huh? Um, I can't, no. Okay. Um, so now here's the question. Did you end up watching Into the Fire, the NWA pay-per-view? Um, no, I didn't, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, better than TLC. Well, I don't know. Here's the thing. (laughs) It was basic. I kind of feel like I get enough of it during the weekly show. And I'm not sure I want to sit there and watch a whole pay-per-view of these guys. Because, so it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Was it a. Tape in the, in, in the same studio. Yes, it was. So oh, the boy, difference that's, is that's the difference. Good. Yeah, the difference is what they did. They just changed the hard cam from one side to the other side. So when you're watching the pay per view, you see all the fans because the fans are only on one side of the studio. It's like three sides have no fans, and then all the seats are on one side. So they put the hard cam opposite that side, so you see like there's a whole audience. Okay. The other thing is they do um, they do entrance music and entrances, but they but they come down the stairs through the audience, so everybody has like a shield entrance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was interesting. So the setup, you know, the the way they set it up and some of the other camera angles did make it look different than the TV show. So it looks different in that sense, but it is the same building. And it does feel very samey. And I would think that it would be better to just get like a smaller venue, especially considering like you probably could have sold more tickets. I'm sure more people than could fit in there would wanted to see it. So they could have went to another building, you know, you know, maybe like a, a 2,500 seat building or something like that, rather than a 200 seat building. Um, yeah. But uh, in, in any case, um, since you didn't watch it, It'll give me an excuse to kind of give a quick rundown. Yeah. Um, so first off, we had uh, Ken Anderson versus Eli Drake. They start off with this, okay? Um, Ken Anderson's fat. So um, they went about 
It went about 10 minutes. Uh, there was too many holds. Um, <laughs> Eli Drake pins, picks up a win. Um, a clean win. And that's important for later. Uh, he just, he, he did a thing where he was, you know, I don't know. Ken tried to roll him up and he sat down on him and pinned him. So Eli Drake picks up the win. Uh, so then all this, Nick, all this comes out to the desk, you know, to do like a promo, just like they might on the TV show. And he does his promo. And then James Storms come out and he spits out a steady stream of cliches. Like everything that you can imagine a cliche Southern wrestler would say, James Storm said it. He said, when all the smoke is cleared and all the dust is settled, you will know that I've, you've been in the ring with a badass man or something. You know, just stupid. Just like, shut the fuck up, James Storm. Um, uh, we had the debut of Tasha Steeles. Are you familiar with Tasha Steeles? No, but I saw her online. Okay. Um, she takes on Thunder Rosa, but this ends up being more or less an enhancement match. Uh, she, uh, there was a there was a point in the match where um, Tasha Steeles uh, yelled out hashtag for the culture. She actually said hashtag, and then uh, wow. she went and hit she went and hit like a a cutter or a stunner. It wasn't either one, but it it looked like it was trying to be one of them. Um, are you what are you eating over there? Huh. Are you eating over there? What is that? <laughs> My God, it sounds Sorry. like you're eating like uh, like Sorry, you're, just, man. you're putting uh, Skittles in one of those like pill containers. It's uh, chips. Chips, huh? Okay. All right. Well, I can understand. Like you got to multitask. You're a busy guy. Uh, so, <laughs> so then we get the question mark uh, versus Trevor Murdoch. Um. And there was like, I think they they had this gimmick where uh, Aaron Stevens is out there with him and he's training in uh, Mongrovian karate. And uh, he's he's got the, the flag of Mongrovia and they sing the Mongrovia national anthem. And um, uh, who was on commentary? Oh, yes. So uh, Stu Bennett, which was Wade Barrett, right? He's on he's on commentary and um, he says, uh he says, uh, you know, at some point Trevor Murdoch throws the flag on the ground and, and uh, he goes, the desecration of the flag of Mongrovia summoned up a rage within the question mark. <laughs> oh. um, so the right man won uh, with Mongrovian karate. Uh, he, he won with a double spike to the throat and pinned Trevor Murdoch. So that's oh. good. Um they had the Rock and Roll Express versus Wild Card um, for the tag titles. Mercifully, this was short. Rock and Roll Express went over. Um, Wade Barrett, uh, excuse me, Stu Bennett, uh, revealed that they're bringing back the TV championship. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, Eli Drake is dressed after his match. He's back in street clothes, and he comes to the desk and starts cutting a promo about, uh, you know, telling Ken Anderson not to pump his gas, whatever that means. Uh, you would have to hear the whole promo. Um, and then huh. and then Ken Anderson attacks. So he attacks him at the desk. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, who's the heel here? Because they both are like playing unlikable <laughs> characters. But I kind of thought the crowd was like on Ken Anderson's side. Um, you know, maybe he maybe just because, you know, he hasn't actually said anything necessarily um 
inflammatory towards Eli Drake. Plus, Eli Drake did try to, you know, yeah. kill him with a turnbuckle wrench on one of the episodes. <laughs> so I kind of figured he was the heel. But then, then Ken Anderson seems like it's a heel. But, but, but like I don't understand why he got mad because the finish was clean. So you just straight up lost. So now you're out there beating him up. You just seem like a sore loser. Um, and if that's what you wanted to do, why'd you go with a yeah. clean finish? You know, like you should have had him hold the ropes or pull the trunks or so- something to make Ken Anderson mad. But now he just, you know, I don't know. It just uh, was very strange. Yeah. Seems weird. Uh, uh, I saw a Crimson, a guy that looked like Crimson out there. Is he like a ring agent? It was like he was breaking up the fight with Anderson and Drake. Um, that's a... It's funny. Um, I saw him as, as an agent before. He's kind of too big to be an agent. So yeah, I was like, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, but all right. And he still looks like, he looks like way too much of a gimmick to be like... He's just wearing a jacket and going out there doing the, the you know, his best impression of the late Rene Goulet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then we had uh, Allison Kay uh, and a mystery partner because Ashley Vox got taken out earlier on. Um, I forgot to mention that. Sorry. Uh, against uh, Melina and Marty Bell. And her mystery partner ends up being ODB. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So ODB went over by being gross. And then, um, after that we had the, uh, the, uh, Ricky Starks versus Aaron Stevens versus, uh, Colt Cabana, um, triple threat triple. for the national championship. Yep. And, and Aaron Stevens hid behind a Christmas tree for the most part. And then he snuck in and won. So he's the new national champion. Yeah. And then we had the two out of three uh, Nick Aldis and James Storm match. Um, there was some shenanigans. Uh, Camille came out and was sent to the back. Uh, Nick Aldis ends up winning. Um, and then at the end, uh, the lights go out and uh, Marty Skrull's music hits and he appears. So the villain is in NWA. Where do, do you think? fall? Where do you, where do you, where do you fall in the Marty Skrull uh, bandwagon? I think he's a uh, he's a cruiserweight. Uh, he's average. Um, not much to offer, but you know, he's in that clique, so there he is. Not much to offer, huh? Yeah, to me, he's 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 average. You know, average charisma, average size. What do you think? Well, he's actually pretty small. He's like smaller than average, but uh, well, I think his charisma is a little bigger than average. With a more, I mean, like, like, what do you do? Like, if if you're WWE and you want to present him like big, like, what do you do? Like, well, what's the promo package? You know. Well, the look—he's got the look of everything, like with the outfits and everything like that. So you just make him seem bigger than he does. I like the idea of him having the villain enterprises because then it seems like he's more in control and in a managerial role 
that he can step in and and um, be in the ring here and there. But I think, you know, of course, in his heart, he wants to be a wrestler, so he's not going to go yeah. for that. Um, but as a personality, I think he definitely has a lot to offer. And if you just keep wearing big fur coats and uh, carrying umbrellas and stuff, then shit, you know, that's good yeah. enough. So, yeah. um, but, you know, going on to the... Um, the actual so the follow up, you know, at the end of the show, he tried to he tried to do a promo. I say tried. He did a promo. Um, but like for whatever reason on the fight app, I was trying to watch the promo and it would cut off at a certain point. Like the, the app would just glitch out. So I tried like shutting the app down and restarting it and and trying to watch it, but always cut off at the same spot. So for some reason, like That's it weird. seemed like they didn't want want me to see his promo. So. I got to see the whole promo um, on the episode. Uh, you know, it was fine. It was a fine promo. Um, um, so some other notes from this latest episode. Uh, there's some guy out there um, who calls himself Outlandish Zicky Dice. Have you ever seen this person? No, I haven't heard of it. Exactly. And I tried to Google uh <laughs> I tried to Google Zicky Dice, and um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of information on Zicky Dice. He claims that he was trained by uh, Seth Rollins and some other guy, and I'm going to go ahead and just assume that most of the training probably came from that other guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's just some, well, I don't know how to describe him. He's outlandish, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, so keep on the lookout for the up and coming Zicky Dice. Uh, they had another interview where Stu Bennett interviewed, uh, Marty Skrull and, uh, you know, it was fine, but the, he did that thing that really, you know, this, this is a, this is a thing that, you know, I'm obviously a stickler about, he said something, he just used the phrase, the villain character, which is like, don't say that. You, are you the villain or are you not? Don't say character. You know, this is supposed to be, you know, half-ass real. But anyway, yeah. so they so they had a and then they had a, a rematch, um, a no DQ uh, match uh, between Eli Drake and uh, Ken Anderson here. So uh, they advertise this match. They say, you know, coming up later, no DQ, uh, Ken Anderson versus Eli Drake. Then they have a promo where Eli Drake comes out and then they, he, he makes it seem like he, he, you know, in the promo, he's saying like, so I'll tell you what, we'll make it a no DQ match. And it's like, well, you already advertised it was a no DQ match. So <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not booking the stip here uh, in real time. So that's just a weird little mistake that they made. I don't know why they, what, what is so hard about this? You know, just yeah, continuity, that, man. That is weird. And then, um, then they did an interview with Nick Aldis where he says that uh, they asked him about Camille and he said that Camille was no longer his insurance policy. So we're left to wonder, what does that mean? Does that mean, huh. does that mean that she's been upgraded? Does that mean that she's been fired? I mean, what does it mean? So, uh, well, at the end of the show, we find out what it means because in a, in a convoluted way to uh, beat up Tim Storm, um, not James Storm, Tim Storm, Remember, it's you got to keep track of all the storms in this, in this YouTube show. <laughs> uh, 
they, they're beating up Tim Storm, and it looks like Camille's out there and gets in Nick Aldis's face like she's upset. And then she turns around and gives Tim Storm a spear. So uh, what? And then, and then yeah, and then and then um, so the so it's it's Nick Aldis and Wildcard, you know, uh, Thomas Latimer and uh, uh, Royce Isaacs. They're all be- they're all three of them are beating up Tim Tim Storm, and then uh, Camille gets in there and looks like she's gonna you know get in Nick Aldis' face, but ends up spearing Tim Storm, and then they all like beat up Tim Storm, and then uh, and then Camille starts making out with Thomas Latimer, her real life boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. So all right. that's where we're at. So I guess if Camille's not the insurance policy, she's just uh, maybe she's got a promotion. Huh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You can imagine like, see now this, this Thomas Latimer guy, he's like, you know, used to be Bram. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like, this is a guy that just looks like, one of these guys, you know, like he's a jacked, uh, he's a jacked white guy. At least he's not from America. Um, yeah. But you know, like all these guys, like with their friggin' long hair and beards and being jacked, and they all look the same, you know, like uh, Drew McIntyre and you, you know, know he used to, he, Roman Reigns. He, and, you know, he used to uh, date Charlotte. Did you know that? Did he? When was that? Yep. Uh, before he got released. Uh, he was with uh, FCW. I, I think they were engaged, if I'm not mistaken. Like they were pretty serious. So he was in FCW before Impact. Yeah. Okay. So he was actually he was actually uh, so you know the Ascension. Yeah. He was with uh, Connor, the big guy, and they were the Ascension before uh, APOC, before our friend. Oh. Uh, Victor, yeah. So before Victor. He was he was a uh, part of the ascension, and that was that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never and knew he, that. Yeah, and he was dating Charlotte. Right, and then uh, I guess wasn't he um, involved in some allegations not that long ago? They end up, you know, like supposedly they weren't true, but you know, it was it was right at the height of Me Too stuff. So, uh, didn't somebody accuse him of something? I think um, it was Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, he was accused of like being like um, I don't know, like a bully or like abusive, mm-hmm. and like that was that. And there was something else too. If, if, he was uh, basically put in a bad light in in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but he was never really uh, convicted of anything. So are you sh- are you sure it was Charlotte though? Because I. I mean, I, I don't remember hearing her name involved in any of that. I remember hearing about some woman, but not her. Yeah, I'm I'm positive with Charlotte. Positive, eh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, man. Well, they're all uh, they're all doing well now. Um, yeah. So speaking of people we know, um, I. <laughs> This isn't somebody I know, and I don't know if you know, but I just uh, thought I'd ask because when I was going over Monday Night Raw, I kind of, well, I said I had no notes. So, but I did uh, see that, um, you know, Deanna Parazzo made a debut, went up against Asuka, 
and apparently she's you know a rip rogers person um she was probably after my time so i never got to meet her or anything but was were you still there when she came through no that was that was after my time but i know her trainer her trainer was uh lewis which was um yeah damien adams and um him and i were good friends but uh, before we got our falling out, I swear he banged my ex-girlfriend, dude. Like, uh, my only connection with her was her trainer, which was uh, Damien Adams, who I swear had an affair with my girlfriend at the time. Um, right. So we kind of had a falling out because of that. Um, we did an indie show, actually. Ironically enough, it was me, him... APOC, which is the victor from the Ascension, um, or somebody else, I don't remember. We did some like indie show on the way back. It was my ex and um, Damien Adams in the back seat. And I swear there was something going on. I don't know, man. It was, it was kind of a weird story, but uh, I've heard this story. So, um, you know, if yeah, you don't yeah. want to, if you don't want to tell the people, that's fine. But I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind. You know, long long story short, I'm pretty sure they were like, you know, doing something in the back seat of the car, in the front seat. I I, I think it was me and uh, Victor and somebody else. No, 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 no. Victor was actually in the back seat. I was gonna uh, say, how many front seats are there? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's only two. <laughs> yeah, nonetheless, um, yeah, you know, we ended, our friendship ended. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll see him now and then, like on Instagram, and like you know, you know, you know, with Rip Rogers and whatnot, and and I, I'm I'm a little salty, but you know, ultimately it's like you know, it was so long ago. Who cares, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, everyone's moved yeah. on since then for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I never had any problems with Damian Adams. But there was something about the way he would just—he would seem very nice and would smile, and it just something about it just seemed like mm, false. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like just like I don't know how to describe it. It just seemed uh, I didn't trust him for some reason. But I never had to, so it didn't matter. You know? Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what's funny is uh, it's, it's probably my own fault. Looking back. I uh I did a spot where it was like I was a heel, he was a face, and um my girlfriend was my manager, so we did the old uh uh what was it? Where she tries to interfere, like he blocks her punch and gives her a big kiss, kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah, so that's what started it all. You know, it's probably my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine something dumb like that, like really starting something? Like you can't even be that professional. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. No, he was cool though. He he was actually a nice guy. Like, you know, I'll uh, I'll uh, vouch for him. Well, not that nice. I mean, he yeah, could have you know. just not banged your girlfriend if he was that nice. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, in any case, <laughs> um, so that's so you know. Long story short, Diana Parazzo made her raw debut. So, good for her. Um. So now isn't that kind of weird though? Like, why put her on Raw if she's gonna get squashed? Like, why? Uh, it wasn't total squash. She seemed a little competitive. Really? But she was only so, there. 
she was only there so that Asuka could have something to do. You know, they might have, they, I assume they would have had like, they planned to have a tag match, but because Kyrie got pulled um, from competition, you know, they probably changed things up. Now, why they chose her to come in and do it, I'm not sure. Um, now, can I, can I say a spoiler? Well, she's, before you do, I just want to kind of say like, she's got, she's been in NXT, but she's kind of like, got the female uh, outliers role where she's on all these house shows and tag yeah. teaming with Chelsea green and just never being on TV. So very interesting that they would choose to do that, but, and then just call her up to raw and nowhere before she's even really on NXT other than the sporadic appearances, appearances she's already made. So um, yeah, but uh, go ahead and hit us with that spoiler. So speaking of spoilers, so next week, apparently raw was taped. Right. So they can have they can have the, the week off. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Chelsea Green, I guess Chelsea Green has a match and gets squashed by somebody. <clears throat> I forget who it is, but um, you know, it should be Oscar. Probably she should just beat the tag team by herself. <clears throat> but I find it weird. It's like so, like Chelsea Green has a potential, you know. So does you know, Peraza, whatever. But like of all the people in the world of all the local talent. Why have them come up and fly them out there, put them on TV, just to get beat? Doesn't make any sense to me, you know. Because at some point, they're going to debut NXT and have, you know, they're going to have a promo package and they're going to be some new character. But why beat them on TV now? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, but they do that a lot. Yeah, if you notice, they do the backward booking. You know, they call somebody up, have them do jobs. Then later on, they try to re-debut them like it never happened. You know, yeah, like like, uh, like Damian Priest, uh, Dorian yep, Mack. Uh, yep. You know, you can go on, on. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, it's just. Uh, remember those like, remember those two big ass twins that um, they kept acting like they were going to have a match, but then every time uh, <laughs> something would happen, like they wouldn't have a match. Like uh, this one time, they were going to come out, and then Samoa Joe beat them both up by himself. Like even though they were like twice as, oh wait the uh, the black dudes, is that who they were? Hello. They were. Hello. Yeah. Um. The black dudes, right? Yeah. You remember yeah. them? Yeah. 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 Uh, they whatever got, happened they, to they, those they, guys? Uh, they got released, actually. Oh. Well. Yeah. You're never gonna find two giant twins like that again. Um, I think they just they, actually. Um, so speaking of which, who was your boy in ROH? Uh, what was his name? Uh, God damn it! Um, the guy that had the boys as his manager, Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. So his uh, his managers, the boys, right? Mm-hmm. They had they had a tryout recently. I don't I don't know how big they are, but they they look like they, they look pretty. Yeah, they all cut, but they're twins, mm-hmm. like identical twins, and they had a tryout, um, like last week or something. So, well, see, so yeah, they they look great, you know, on on paper or whatever I saw of them. Um, they look good, but uh, yeah, they were they were identical twins. So, that reminded me of that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows why they do the things they do? They don't make sense. Um. You know, and we, we can never say, like, we, we we can't even give them the benefit of the doubt because all you have to do is just look back over the past however many years 
and ask yourself like how many awesome things have happened in the WWE and it's almost none, you know? Yeah. Very few, very few good surprises, very few good storylines, very few good, uh, you know, you, you basically, you just have to hope that you get a random match. That's a good match. You know, it's like, well, this guy's good and this guy's good. So hopefully they have a good match and that's it, you know, and other than that happening, you're not going to get anything else you want, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't even give them the benefit of the doubt and say they have like a long-term plan because they don't, they don't even have a short-term plan. So definitely not. Yeah. But you know who does, but you know who does have long-term plans, Sergio new Japan pro wrestling. And so they've been, they've been, uh, you know, conspicuous by their absence of late but um they're getting ready to you know the big dome show in january 4th and 5th and uh for the tonight as we record this tonight um they'll be having their first uh their first of three um you know road to tokyo dome events um so uh if you're interested in watching some new japan you have some to check out over the next three days and tonight, um, the featured match uh, is going to be the Birds of Prey, which is uh, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles, against uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón, which will be the team of Bushi and the returning Hiromu Takahashi. Bro, bro. Yes? And cheer for some guys when I can't even pronounce their last name, bro. Come on. Um, yes, bro. But we all know Vince Russo's a racist and a sexist, so. Whoa, uh, whoa, really, hey, hey. Really doesn't matter hey, what what he thinks. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Cody Rhodes. Calm down, right? <laughs> and a homophobe. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, well, Vince, it's funny you mentioned Vince Russo because for the for the better part of a year he was saying whatever happened to that japanese kid who broke his neck you don't hear nothing about him well he's coming back tonight okay that's what happened he's back <laughs> wait there's your uh, there's your update vince is, is, it, is it tanahashi what's the, what's the last name takahashi hiromu takahashi it doesn't matter what his last name is jabroni all right um so anyway there you go there you have it um very exciting uh, New Japan show. You can make fun of it all you want, and then you can just sit here and watch this fucking rotten AEW and this fucking rotten WWE and then complain about it and how they're not going to push Keith Lee or anybody else you like um, and then keep talking shit about New Japan but not watching it. So, Bro, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to bury the show that tonight is going to have Jungle Boy versus Chris Jericho. What do you think about that, bro? Jungle Jack Perry. Jungle Jack Perry. Yeah, that's gonna think? be that's gonna be fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm actually um, excited for it. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I'm excited. Okay, you can be it's excited my, for it. It's my favorite show. AW is my favorite show. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Even though, even though. Uh, so you're saying that Angel Garza becoming the NXT Cruiserweight Champion doesn't make that your new favorite show? Didn't push that uh, over the edge? I love NXT, but AEW is so awesome. fresh. Well, it's, 
I don't see the guy. I don't see the guys every week, so it's to me with my short with my short attention span. It's kind of like uh, you know, it's different. There's a lot of guys but, on there that I could go several weeks without seeing. Actually, <laughs> Angel Garza should be on Raw. Just for the record, uh, yeah, that's that. With uh, Humberto and and you know, and your, fan- and your fantasy um, Latin faction. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I've had just about enough of this horse shit. Um, so, in any case. Um, we will be, uh, don't think that just because it's Christmas that we're not going to hit you with a brand new episode. Um, so please look forward to that. And uh, in the meantime, um, you can uh, let us know what you all want for Christmas um, by hitting us up on social media, in which you can find us at uh, I am at Opinion Haver on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything else that you can think of. That's me, I'm there. YouTube even, Twitch, whatever. Just uh, find me and uh, let me know. Uh, tell me tell me what you want for Christmas, and um, I'll see what I can do. Um, and Sergio, now, uh, you can be found at... What, oh. what, what, about, what about Pornhub? Are you on there too? Well, you tried this joke before, and I already told you, you don't make accounts on Pornhub, Sergio. That's for marks, okay? <laughs> you just go with the guest. Guest sign-ins, okay? All right. So, well, For me, uh, Twitter... Mr. Sergezilla for uh, Instagram, Sergezilla. Very, very simple. Very Let's easy to remember. Guys. He's a, he's a Zilla, Sergezilla. Um, and so that'll do it for this week. We have been two in and we are now out. <laughs>